Welcome to the Sydney Property Muppets Podcast. My name is Kurt Lawther. I'm a real estate agent and with me forever is... Chris Clark, the buyer's agent. Beautiful. We've got this smooth. Now, we do have it smooth, but let's make it confusing this episode, Chris. Yeah, good, good one, that one, because we've discussed this and this one is probably going to be the most confusing episode we've done for you, not because of the way it's structured and so forth, just because of all the, the the different and almost bipolar nuances, uh, nuances. And perspectives. And because it's such a property is a high volume transaction, it's not like you get a dodgy electrician out here where it takes another $200 to get a proper electrician to fix something up. This is, we're talking hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. Emotions. This is this is what we're all about, Chris. Correct. Now you would have seen from the the, the podcast link or the YouTube link. Uh, please like and share and so forth. Is we are talking all things guide price. So I thought a bit of history just to really recap or set the frame. So end of the nineties, twenty five years ago, median house price of Sydney somewhere sort of circa five hundred thousand dollars, maybe a bit less, a bit more. But as an anecdotal number, let's say five hundred thousand ish. When properties at that point were put up for listing, they would let's say it's listed for five hundred thousand dollars, and it was sold for let's say five fifty. That's a ten percent difference between the guy price and what it was sold, what it was then sold for. Go to today, median prices are now up like one point three, one point four. But let's use the example of property now is listed for two million. It's now sold for let's say two point four million. So the numbers are bigger collectively. The numbers have all moved forward. Yep. But also that difference is instead of ten percent is now 20%, right? So that's give you a bit of an idea of where things have shifted and moved moved to, that that's now the new norm. Yeah. That, what I'm talking about there is not unheard of. Kurt, for you as an as a, as a agent with sellers, what's what's their perspective? Or how do you go about it with them? So I'm. it's kind of a two-part thing. I'm going to split it first into myself. I like to be as ethical as I can. I like to be as... Uh, I, I follow the law to a T. And I'm also on my ven- on my vendor side. So if I'm going to a vendor and I'm pitching for business, the way I basically structure is saying, look, these are the properties that are as comparable as we can to yours. And this is where we need to guide, whether it's a guide price or a range, because this is where all the data is showing that your property is likely to sell. We are aiming for as much as we can, and if someone wants to, for some reason, offer a million dollars more, brilliant, but Mm. this is where your property needs to be. Now, I don't think there's many agents that are, like most of the time, no one is spot on to the dollar. So that's where we are allowed as agents to have a range, and so people that know with the range, the range can't be bigger than 10% from the bottom figure. So if you have a, Range of nine hundred thousand, yep. you can have up to nine hundred ninety thousand. Sometimes you see that price, you go, you know, it's eight hundred to eight eighty. That's a weird number. Why is it eight eighty? But that's the reason. Legally, they can't have a bigger gap than ten yeah. percent. Now, sometimes that might be the agents and the vendors don't exactly agree. They're happy to work together, but they don't yep. exactly agree. I generally don't like to do that because people are just going to pick the bottom number anyway they want to come through. So yep. for me. I like to just list it as generally uh, one price and to give people a range. Now, what you've got to be careful as an agent is you don't want to overcook a property, which is often what vendors, your vendors want to do because vendors expect the property to be whatever. They, they, they think that your property is worth... It's gold. It's, it's the best, gold, price, the best which property. Is, which is very true and we would love to attain those figures. The thing is when vendors try and attain those figures and start there, often people... Now I have the perception that if a property 
just say it was the agent thought it would sell between 2.8 and 3 million. Yep. If you do list it at 3 million, you run the risk of no one rocking up because they also think it's going to go for 3.3. Yeah, I think when you see a property listed for three, I even expect it not to sell for less than three or at three. My, especially the first rates on the market, I'm expecting that's the minimum it's probably going to be sold for. And like, as you said, 3.3, 3.5 even. And a real life example is I had a property that we originally on the market were guiding 2.6 first week and we basically almost had crickets coming through the property. We then told the vendors, look, we need some interest. No one's seeing value at 2.6. So we dropped it down to 2.45 and immediately we had interest. By when you say don't have interest to having interest, so is that... The number of people coming, there was, there was, there was a good people coming through and you're following up and none of them were interested? Did you have no one coming through? So therefore, so no we, we, we pro From memory in this case, but in a general sense, you might have somewhere between, could be three to 10 people. Yep. But either way, they're saying they don't see value at 2.6. So how do they say don't see, they just say- So, so we, we asked a lot, people probably hate this question from agents, not hate it, but it's like- Don't enjoy it. What, what do you think of our price guide? Because it also kind of means, you know, we're asking, you're probably lying buyers or trying not to give away, but buyers will be like, oh, it's probably a bit too expensive. We do we do get that a lot. Yep. And some people yeah. like saying, I like the property. I don't think it's worth 2.6. I think it's too high. Um, and therefore we need to let the vendors know that. And with our feedback, because we've received it, we need to do what's in our best interest for the vendor, yep. legally and ethically. And so where people were saying they saw value was probably more around the 2.45, 2.5. Yeah. So then we have to do some communicating with our vendors to let them know, look, we do need to drop our guide or improve our price, I like to say, to 2.45 to get interest. Yeah. To get people, okay, that's where people are saying there is value. Now at auction, because we'll, where people saw interest, they ended up fighting over the property and it ended up going for just over 2.6. Yeah, interest, interest drives it forward, right? So yeah. I think that's great and a really good experience from your standpoint, but I will say, Kurt, you're probably in the minority around the majority and that's what makes it attractive if I'm selling a problem going with you, not just because of our friendship and so forth, but because of expectations. But I'm going to pull the, 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 the answer out is that most agents don't operate that way. I see time and time again a property being listed for a price that I don't believe it's ever going to sell for. So let's say I believe the property is going to sell for 2.6 and they put a price of 2 million. And there's not even, I can't even find a comparison yeah. that's sold. When you, you can obviously ask the agent, show us a list of comparisons. Now, agents have to put that on with the vendor's agreement to say these are the comparisons. Yep. You, I'm sure, give actual genuine comparisons that are close. What I've seen is, you know, that property was has been it's a four bedroom house and all the comparisons are three bedroom uh, on a smaller block in bad streets, so to speak. So Yeah. So a little a little trick if you didn't know that just say there's a guide price in that case, Chris's scenario, the property is you think would sell for two point six, but they're guiding two million. If you put an offer to the vendor and it's not accepted and it is above the listed price or the the range. Oh yeah, this is a good tactic. Yep, keep going. And on price, not conditions. On price, it is um, rejected. Rejected. The agent legally has to move the pro the property up. Yeah. So the the that's one hundred percent true. They do. So they if they communicate back to you say they've rejected that price, they do have to move it up. Loophole again that I see a lot of agencies they never reject the price. Let's say it's an auction campaign. So in my chat and say, look, present us a price. 
guide price of two million, we offer 2.1 or whatever it may be. Instead of them actually using the word reject, they say our, our vendor has decided, appreciate your offer, but our vendor has decided not to look at any offers and proceed through to, to the auction. In that scenario, they've not rejected the price, they can move forward with the auction and not change yeah. the guide price. From, so from my understanding, by not accepting the offer, they haven't said they've not accepted. It doesn't matter. Well, but, yeah. So you, from my, that's okay. For, and obviously, you got no time in four, four week campaign, three week campaign to then go fair trading and point it out. Yep. Um, but by not accepting the offer, you yep. are implying that you are rejecting the offer. Yeah. No, no. I, I would, I would concur and agree, but it's not what happens. Yes. Um, so there's also times where a property is listed and there's no, there's no price, no guide price on the, on the advertising, which is fair that you yeah. don't have to. Sometimes I have had vendors that have told us we want to see what the market yeah. says. And unfortunately, as agents, you do, um, it can be a bit tricky because people want to know. But sometimes the vendor has ticked the box or we've ticked the box saying um, no price is to be given. Look, I, and the unfortunate part is I've had an example before in, uh, where was it, over in Summerhill. Uh, had a client engaged and they were looking at properties on the weekend as I was. The, they've, got a, they've got two kids. So the husband went to the beginning of the inspection and um, understood and was informed the guide price, which was 1.2 million. He then quickly came home and said to his wife, go check the property out. They didn't really talk. She had, they had to run in between. She went, the exact same agent said to her, guide price of 1.1. So... But what was the first price? The 1.2. 1.2. So you... Unfortunately, there aren't best practice. Again, you can't really claim fair, fair trading, but there's an agent probably just sizing people up going, I think they've got the money to spend. Or I think this is what they need to hear. Now, I also have times where agents will say, Chris, the guy price for the public is 1.2, and they tell me the, the real price is 1.4. That's a value add that I offer my clients. I'm actually happy with that. But just be wary that agents can be giving out different numbers. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't. They definitely shouldn't be, but they are. Yes. They can be. Um, yeah. That's why we said at the beginning, what do we say this episode was going to be? It's going to be confusing. It's going to be frustrating. Some people are just going to accept it and it's the game. It's the way it's played. Yeah. Um, but I think I think we always, I sort of I sort of come back and harp on the point that real estate is not just a rosy colored glasses industry and no. in, in you think you're just going to be swiping on REA or domain. It is, at the end of the day, it's a cutthroat industry and... Sometimes as a buyer, you absolutely hate all this, all this, all this, like whatever's happening, the price guides, however the agent's behaving. And then when you're the vendor, you just want the biggest price. Yeah, quite and simple. One, one thing we do say to our clients when they ask, they innocently ask, oh, can we do this? Or can we have a bigger range? Or can we guide a bit lower or a bit higher? Yep. And we say, look, we're, we're not going to risk our business. There's massive fines if we do get caught out. So we're going to stay within the laws and yep. do what we can. However, be aware that unfortunately, there are other but, practices going on. And unfortunately, there's not big brother looking at every single... Very challenging, right? So I, I was uh, connected with a client last night um, to negotiate on a particular property, something I offer is to just purely negotiate, so they've found the property in Taramara. Um, I'm going forward doing my comparison to my review, so they've been informed, and I can say this because the, the auction is last weekend, so... Assuming that's all gone smooth, we'll, we will release this podcast on the given day. If the auction hasn't happened or something, we may have to pause. Um, now, informed the guide price was 2.3. They've said to me their max budget's 2.5. Yep. 
I've done my comparison. It's really tricky on that one. Oh, I actually Chris? sympathise it. Well, I do sympathise because this is a three-bedroom house and it's 440 square metres. In the area, there's only been one three-bedroom house sold recently that was on 1,200 square metres. The majority of properties out that way are on much bigger blocks. 1,000 metres is not unheard of. And they're four-bedroom and five-bedroom. So it's really hard for me to gauge, okay, smaller block and only three bedrooms. What is the, what is the interest level? For me, the only really way of finding that is I'm going to have to go out there and see the property during an inspection and I'm going to have to stick my ears out and I'm going to listen to all the other buyers. And I'm not going to be friends with them, uh, but I'm going to listen to the other buyers and hear what they're saying to determine is there a big driving force or a three-bedroom because it's unique? Yep. Or is everyone going to go there going, why buy a three-bedroom? Because basically for the same guy price, you're able to get a four-bedroom. Yep. But my clients are only looking for a three-bedroom. So... We'll report back and uh, see how we go. Yes, it's a it's it's a it can be a very very tricky tricky subject, and even for besides myself, the really ethical agents, sometimes as well, you've got that situation where you've got a unique property, and it's genuinely unique, not like out there like limbs on the property, but it could be a three bedder when there's mainly four bedders, different sizings, yeah. and trying to weigh that up for what it could genuinely sell for. But, and that's obviously why we get well, we, we get paid. There is definitely scenarios that come to mind where I've seen on the same street, similar property, long street, property number one, it has three buys, you know, absolutely going fierce at auction. Price goes six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars above the guide price. Does that mean the other property should do the exact same? No, and the, this is my point. The other one down the other end, which is comparable, now the streets are long street, didn't sell, got passed in, actually pulled off the market around the same time. And my understanding is going to come back on the market mid this year. Why was that? The three buyers who purchased it really wanted that area. It fit everything for family, school, work. And they all, all three of these people were looking. After that, I was connected with one of them. And they're like, Chris, happy to use you as a buyer's agent. But we're basically looking in a, in a 250, 300-meter radius. Yeah. That's driven up the price of that because of that absolute micro um, economics yeah. situation. Yeah. And, and and 500 meters away, crickets. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, from to from a selling perspective with the price guide, firstly, make sure with your agent, if you're selling a property, the property, you've got comparables that are actually genuine, actually true. And I think want to hear that from the agent. Ask them to be as truthful as mm -hmm. you can and genuinely mean it because at the end of the day, if you just want to... People hate to admit this, but a lot of people choose the agent because they set a higher price. That's true. Yeah. And one thing I haven't covered off here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And unfortunately, that agent set a higher price. I want to go with them because that's how much money I want. Greed. Greed is yeah not good, but when, greed is there. If you think about it, you should be choosing an agent one if you do like them. Two on their processes and what they can offer and bring to you. I think the track record. Track, track record is one thing. Um, I wouldn't always go off that because sometimes an agent might be getting some really good prices, but you don't understand in the background that they could have actually been getting a lot more. Yeah. Well, so, I just think at least it's, a, at least it's a, a data point outside of what the agent's saying to you. Yes. All right. I think that kind of wraps up this confusing episode. Am I fair to say that? I, rec I reckon we'll probably cover it in another topic because it's forever going to be a... Uh, yeah. da -da -da something. A hot topic. Hot topic, yeah. Burning platform is one of my old bosses used to say. Burning platform, I like it. Yeah, but I didn't know it was annoying. He always said everything was a burning platform. All right, three quick questions. So, Kurt, on to you asking me. So, we're going to get back and forth here to ask each other three questions. The first one's on property. Last one's not. Middle one could be anything. 
Um, we basically the rule of thumb is we can't defend ourselves. Yep. One word answers ideally, but obviously if it's property related, we feel like we get a little bit more context. We're giving a, a little bit of rope on the yeah. first question in particular. Perfect. So I've actually already given the answer away from this, Chris, from the oh, episode. Oh, so I hope I was listening. Hope you're listening, and hopefully you know. Um, what is the percentage an agent can guide with a range? Oh, beautiful. Ten percent. Ten percent from the top figure or the bottom figure? Bottom figure. figure. From the bottom figure. Okay, I like it. Ten points. I don't know if I. I don't know if I would have known. Actually, detailed known that. I knew it was around that. I probably would have. I could have easily said the top price or the bottom price prior to recap. Well, you know, today. it's not as important because like it is important, but yeah. you're just you're already trying to work out the price anyway. Separately. Yeah, I think I've got a lot of other factors I look into rather than the guide prices. Yes, something, but it's not something whereas, I whereas base a selling lot. agent has to know. That. Well, and, and also, right. and also, a buyer out there. I know we don't, we've got to get this fast, but. I think a buyer out there who's not using a buyer's agent puts a lot of value in that. And I'm yep. saying I don't put any value, but I probably don't put a lot of value in it. Yep. Okay. Um, first question. Short and sharp. <laughs> Number two. What's been the biggest price, or biggest, um, yeah, biggest price above above a guy price you've sold a property for? So you've listed for two, you've sold for $100,000 more. What's been the biggest gap? Oh, we're probably talking a million. Yeah, it's okay. Over. Over a mil. Can I expand on this one? No. Oh. Another time? We've got to keep it short. Yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Go back. We'll come put a call. We'll come yeah. back to it. Um, question two. How often do agents get the price right? One word answer? I'll give you a cut. Maybe a couple I, of Only because if an agent and I are talking, like off off record or whatever, it's they're quite often very close. Their guy, if you're saying specifically the guy price, almost next to ever. But then I don't think that's actually what they think it's going to sell for. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay, you can buy an apartment. Same amount of money. Yep. All right, it's in Sydney. One's a three-bedroom, one-bath, no car park. The other one's a two-bedroom, two-bathroom, no car park. Which do you go for? Same complex, same strata, same view. Oh, three better. Three better. Cool. How much would you need to be given? This is my third question. How much would you need to be given to swap to a Samsung phone? Well, how how much is a Samsung phone? I think the new ones maybe fifteen hundred. I don't know. Fifteen hundred. <laughs> I reckon fifteen hundred dollars. Then that sounds like a good deal to me. So, um, not 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 a a lover of not a hardcore Apple fan. No, I don't have to be. No, just, I don't have to be. Okay. just yeah, what I go. Just, just I, I get used just, to something. Yeah, I just wanted. To no, no, no. Um, your next car, what is it going to be? It's going to be a yellow car. We know that. What brand? Well, the audience didn't. Oh, I know that because you drove. What do you call it? Yellow. Uh, the banana. The banana. Oh, what a great name. Come on now. What, oh, what brand of car? If you could just. Megan. Megan. Oh, nice. Yes. Well, that brings us to the end of today. Um, As always, this is a general in nature, our advice. So if you want something specific or tailored to your circumstance, reach out to you. You can reach out to Chris or myself or your trusted advisor. Uh, Please like, follow Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, share it with your friends. We just want to make sure the community is made aware and making educated decisions. Thanks for dropping by, guys. That's all right. Enjoy.